I drink between two and three pints of milk a day. That's strong bones. Yeah. Strong yeah. bones. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the uh, kidney stones to follow. Oh, well, we, you live by the milk, you die by the milk. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm always saying. Um, what we what we here doing? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Movie boys, gotta watch them all. I knew it. I knew that was coming. Oh, I sat here this morning thinking about the podcast, and I thought, he's totally going to do that thing. Of course I would. Of course. Of course I would. I don't feel bad about being predictable there. I could have come up with something. I was going to rewrite the entirety of Team Rocket's motto to be about the movie boys, but I thought, no, we'll do the easy thing. <laughs> Didn't even do the whole song. Didn't just a line, but the line, the line that matters. The line that matters, uh, folks. God damn it! Welcome to the movie boys. Uh, I am and the I, spin-off. It's doctors. called the spin-off doctors. That's what I. That's you, what the producers telling me. I discovered this past week that uh, there is actually a podcast called the Movie Boys. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad we didn't call it the Movie Boys. <laughs> I'm still going to call it colloquially oh, the Movie Boys. Yeah. yeah, everybody else is. Yeah, everyone else is calling it Movie Boys. Um, God, I feel bad for the real Movie Boys. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, welcome, <laughs> everyone. Welcome. Uh, Hi. It, hello. How are you today, Conrad? You good? You good? Um, I'm conflicted. Yeah? Yeah, I'm conflicted because I just watched Pokemon the first movie. Yeah, that's how I started my day. I woke up. Bright and early, spring in my step, for the first time in more than 15 years, sat down to watch Pokemon, the first movie. Mewtwo Strikes Back. Too many colons for a movie. Um, yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll start how we always start, with with um, the game series, our, our familiarity with the, the series, the franchise, as it were, and talk about that. Because, I mean, this... This was a cultural phenomenon. When, oh, when, that's an understatement. Yeah, when Pokemon the first movie, like, it's... Some of our younger listeners may not even remember those dates. I mean, a Pokemon, time before Pokemon, even. Well, you know? yeah, time before Pokemon. Um, Pokemon, uh, these days, is still very well respected, very popular. You know, people still love it. But, you know, there was a time where, like, a bus would go past my house and it would have Pokemon all up the side of it. Like, that shit was everywhere. I, there was a time where you couldn't really go out in public and not be exposed to Pokemon. I mean, it was kind of like a, a little bit what you imagine Japan is like all the time. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, going to Woolworths, just whole aisles dedicated to Pokemon stuff. And I got some of it, because I was big into Pokemon. I loved that shit. Uh, my first exposure to it was the anime, actually. Because um, I wasn't really following any Nintendo stuff at the time. Um, and I used well, to this, watch... this kind of came in at a time where you weren't as into video games, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of on a break from them for a bit. Like, still had a casual interest, but like into them as a kid, um, got sort of early teens and kind of um, fell out a little bit and mostly just watched my brother play stuff and then late teens got back into it up, like hard again. Um, so at this time I was pretty um, like mellow on gaming stuff. Um, but this anime came on and I used to watch Sky One in the morning um, before school because, you know, they usually had some stupid cartoon series on, um, you know, some sort of Power Rangers knockoff or, or stuff like that. And then this weird anime came on and 
the, I don't know why I remember this. I remembered it just this morning when I was on the toilet doing a poo. And I remembered the first Pokemon episode I watched. It was um, Ash fighting the psychic gym leader and fighting Alakazam. And I was mostly taken by it because of James from Team Rocket, who was camp as fuck. And I was like, that dude's awesome. He's got a rose. And they were dressed up as painters and decorators for some reason. I can't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, that was my first exposure. I just started watching the show every morning before school. And then, you know, obviously uh, found out it was a video game. And I didn't have a Game Boy at the time. So I bought one from a friend at school on the school playground. Actually, I don't even think he was a friend. Um, but I got it off him anyway. And I still remember being in a, a game store in Crayford. Uh, getting Pokemon Red and buying it and playing it and loving it. And that, that was my obsession for weeks. It was just me and that Game Boy. I'd take it up my dad's up in Staveley. Um, ended up with a, a, a magazine. It was a, you know, it was some regular monthly game magazine, but they had a Pokemon special and it was an entire walkthrough beginning to end, um, complete with a location of every Pokemon. And it was really well set up. Um, it had the location of every Pokemon and, and and the optimum time to evolve them and all this stuff. And I didn't give a shit about... I didn't have any game, hardcore gamer pride at the time. So I, I followed that shit to the letter. Um, got all the Pokemon, had a good time. Had a, a team of all level 100s. It was awesome. And then... Yeah, that, that was my first exposure, and, and ever since I've uh, not been as into it as I was back in Pokemon Red, but every now and then I dip back in, and it's, it's nice to wallow in the nostalgia of it all. You and I had very, very different uh, introductions to Pokemon. Mm -hmm. um, and I think part of that is that I, I'm, I'm a few years older than you. I'm not, like, that much older than you are. But yeah, just... but especially when you were kids, the age gaps meant a lot more. Right, yeah. and, you know, I was... I guess, uh, 18, when the Pokemon <clears throat> craze really hit stateside. Right. So I had pretty much zero connection to it. Um, at the time, I was mostly gaming on PCs. Um, so I wasn't, I, I wasn't really using a Game Boy. It didn't uh, have any appeal for me at the time. And uh, so I just missed the boat until uh, the collectible card game came along. Right. And, uh, and and really, the only reason I, I, I was into collectible card games, I, I played Magic the Gathering and, and other things, but the real reason that, that Pokemon entered my life is that I was working in a board game shop at the time, and uh, and when it hit, like, I, I can't even express to you the perspective of a store employee uh, dealing with the roiling horde of people <laughs> who wanted Pokemon. It was it was absurd. We would get in, you know, a case mm -hmm. in a week, and it would be gone within three hours, if that. That's, wow. And then we may not get more in for another week or even two weeks. And meanwhile, the phone rings every 20 minutes, at least, with someone else asking if, someone, if, if you have Pokemon in stock. I, that's pretty generous. I'd say every five to ten minutes. Yeah. Either someone comes into the store looking for it, or someone calls. And it was a nightmare. And and I was baffled. <laughs> like, I was utterly baffled. I just, I didn't understand it. Uh, I didn't see the appeal, really, other than, you know, bright, colorful, colorful characters and kids. 
right? And so it was kind of, it was easy to see how young children would get into it. And I think the target audience for Pokemon in Japan is much younger. I think for a lot of this stuff that crosses the pond, we tend to, in the West... Uh, there are a lot more people in the West like our mutual friend Jonathan Holmes. Right, yeah, I guess that's the way to put it, you know, because, like, Dragon Ball Z, that's another phenomenon that, like, I would see 17, 18, 20-year-olds wandering around wearing DBZ t-shirts and being really into it, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, you know this is for, like, 12-year-olds. <laughs> like, that's the intellectual level that you're working on here. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, people like what they like, and that, that, but it, it just always struck me as, as kind of weird, that behavior. And um, so eventually, as I tend to do with all of these things that uh, I discover are really, really popular for reasons I can't understand, uh, I went ahead and I got, um, I think it was Pokemon uh, Yellow was the first one that I played. Uh, and I played it on an emulator and, you know, on downtime at work. Yeah. Uh, so that I could find out what, and it it was addictive, like for all of the sort of fluff and uh, and and seeming child gearing that it had. It, there was a real game in there, mm -hmm. and and it was grounded in strategy and math. And I found that really interesting. Uh, the idea of collecting all the Pokemon uh, is compelling, and it I discovered. Okay, you know what? This isn't just some stupid fad. It's it's a real thing. It, it, yeah. it, it's something with merit. So, and I think it, it speaks volumes of how good the game was that it has still lasted as an intensely popular game series after its fad phase was over. Because you know, so many um, fads had their moment and then left. You know, mm. ain't ain't no one talking about the Teletubbies anymore. No. Um, Beanie Babies are still around, but who gives a shit, you know? Um, oh, God, that was another thing that was a real bitch. We sold those in the store, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, the the specialty bear for the month would be about to come in, and we'd start getting calls and people trying to get us to reserve them for them, which we had a policy against because it got so... Like, people would fight. <sighs> yeah, the... The Beanie Baby thing was it was an undignified moment of human history. Uh, it, it's something we should all be collectively um, sad about. You know, they make... They, I, I see these ads. Now they make uh, phone stands for kids. And that just offends me on so many levels. Phone stands. Yeah, it's like a little plush thing with a, like a somewhat firm... Sort of, it's like a bean bag. You know, it's like right. a Beanie Baby. Okay. But, but it's positioned in such a way that you set the phone uh, in landscape on its feet. Right. And so you can look at it and do stuff, I guess. You watch a little video on there. Ugh. I... Uh, just, like, who who buys that? Who buys that? I want to know who you are. Do you buy that? <laughs> Please, I've let got me about, know. I got about ten. Oh, God. I haven't, I haven't got them. I've, I've never heard of them. But, yeah, so fads, fads they anyway. stay. But Pokemon has endured. It, it's it has. endured. Um, you know, and they they moved fast to capitalize on that stuff. Oh, um, yeah. Well, not just them. Everybody did. There was so much oh, well, counterfeit Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and, and even, like I say, I was working in that shop. 
one of the other stores, we were a small chain, uh, which sadly just went out of business like last year uh, after something like uh, 25 years in operation. Um, kind of a bummer. But uh, they, there was a small chain of stores. One of the other stores in our chain, we had employees who were like opening up the card packs mm -hmm. to check to see if there was anything valuable in them. And if they found nothing, they would use our shrink wrapping machine to reseal the packs and put them back on sale. Cheeky. And then buy for themselves the ones that had anything of value. And I just like... So the people going in that store hoping to stumble upon a rare find, like they always shit out of luck. never to find one at that store. That's... And here's the thing. Wow. Like, even as scummy as that is... Mm-hmm. It's still incredibly stupid because these people talk to each other. Like it, I. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you know, it, you know it, they did it. Well, it's, but not even that. Like um, the people who who collect these cards, they talk to each other and they talk about when they're successful at certain stores and when they're not. And it's like that casino myth, you know, of right. the 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 slot machine that pays out better than any of the other ones, which is completely. You know, it's categorically untrue, except in this case, it actually is true, and the knock-on effect <laughs> of reduced business at the location could have could have happened. I mean, you know, the, the shit was so popular that there was yeah. still going to be people who would come in and buy them anyway and get screwed, but it was just such a scuzzy, fucking awful thing to do to children. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the winning move would have been to, if you were the manager of the store or something, open all of them. And then rearrange it so that all you get a rare one in every single one and put them on the top. And just arrange it and stack the deck in such a way that, like, the first 20 kids come in and get something super rare. And then they tell everyone and they come to your... And your store becomes the slot machine that always pays out. You know? That's the, that's the smart move. We should have we thought of that instead of just firing them. Yeah. <laughs> Should have harnessed their powers for good instead of evil. <laughs> so yeah, they move fast. I mean, Pokemon the first movie, that's what it was called, because they knew there'd be more. Um, I mean, that was... Normally, you wait till the tail end of the craze before you jump on that bandwagon. But that came out pretty quick. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it. the, the series had... I, the game came out, I think, in 96 in Japan. I think that's right. So there was about a two-year period between the launch of the game there and the release of the movie. But for us, like in terms of of the popularity of Pokemon, yeah, uh, it, it it was a a whirlwind. Yeah, it didn't hit. It, it, I mean, it didn't really hit its fury state in the U.S. until uh, late 1998, early 1999. And I, re I really think the card game propelled that more than anything. It it helped, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I was into not hugely into the card game, but I did get a good few of them. Right. Well, I just, and the I, movie actually, then, if you bought the uh, a ticket for the movie, that you got a free card. It was you a did. Mewtwo Pokemon card, and there, I had several because I went to see that movie more than once. There were there were actually four different cards you could get, apparently, depending on you know individual theaters would have different cards. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's a Dragonite and uh, a couple of others. Yeah. 
Um, and then when they issued the uh, the, the DVD release, uh, that also, uh, in a limited run, came with a shiny Mewtwo card that was different uh-huh. from the one you could get in the theaters. Uh, so, yeah, they had smart marketing surrounding it. Uh, I think there was briefly around this time even, like, Pokemon stores, like, that just had Pokemon product, little pop-ups in malls and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I seem to recall that because I remember being pretty pissed off. I think there are magazines as well, like, yep. like people... T- Making magazines entirely around the idea of collecting Pokemon stuff. People, yeah, people may bank off the back of that. Like, it was a good gold rush while it lasted. It really was. And and, and it lasted a lot longer than I think anybody expected. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of thought that it had six to 12 months, but I'd say the Pokemon craze in the US went on for a good two years, which is, that's saying something. For yeah. Fat, that's big. Tickle Me Elmo didn't last that long. No. Well, I mean, you could still you can still get a Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah. I, think, I, I think that's one of those things that, that seems like every few years, people are like, hey, remember how all freaked out and excited we were for P- Tickle Me Elmo? Let's do that again. <laughs> Let's do that one more time. That's the heroine of fads, as people just keep chasing the broken promise and try and get, get as excited about Tickle Me Elmo as they were in the Bush era. <laughs> Not happening, folks. Not happening. Uh, so, should we talk about the plot? Yeah, yeah. That's um, right now. This this, this 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 was structured in uh. This, there's two. There's multiple portions, I guess, to the Pokemon the first movie experience. Yes, right? yes, yes. It's a, to to get the the most out of it, you've got to not just watch Pokemon the first movie. Uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back uh, but you also have to watch Pikachu's Vacation now here's the thing Conrad mm-hmm. and don't get angry I woke up this morning and thought it would be really funny if I didn't watch Pikachu's Vacation so that you had to watch it on your own oh I thought it <laughs> I thought it would be hilarious if you sat there taking notes of Pikachu's vacation and I just didn't even bother watching it. That, in my mind, was funny. Uh, that sounds like a rationalization, actually. <laughs> For having forgotten to watch Pikachu's vacation. No, no, it's worse than that. I literally just didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to watch it. It mm. looked awful. Um, but I thought maybe you could just tell me what happens in Pikachu's vacation so that I can watch it vicariously through you. Would you enjoy that? Okay. All right. I mean, it's not that interesting. It's, it's, no, it's, I, I don't know why I said we'd include it last week. I don't know. Last episode. There's no point. Not so much. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. We do a, a pot, like, like. Explain it in as few words as possible. In as few words as possible? In as few words as possible, Pikachu's Vacation, the rundown of that. Alright. Do we want to put in a break? No, no, let's get this out of the way. Alright, alright, we'll just get it out of the way then. Um, Pikachu and uh, the Pokemon crew that hang with Ash Ketchum and friends go to a Pokemon resort where... The, in, while trying to keep Togepi happy, 
they meet a bunch of bully Pokemon, and hijinks ensue. Leading up to a point where Charizard gets his head stuck in a building, and all of the Pokemon come together to help pull him out of it, following an impassioned appeal by Pikachu. The end. That was Pikachu's vacation. Did you like it? <laughs> it was, eh. It's weird. Like the the clip, the the video. It's tw- it's twenty minutes, twenty two minutes. I think that's uh, how long it is. Uh, I, and now what I just described takes twenty two minutes. Think about that for a second. <laughs> the funny thing is, is um, you could sum up the actual movie the same way, yeah. given. Given how little happens in it. But there are things to talk about with There the are movie. some things to talk about. Like, there's not yeah. a lot to talk about with Pikachu's Vacation. Where Pikachu's Vacation is concerned, uh, you can talk about how, uh, I don't know, Togepi and Pikachu do a fun log roll sequence. It's adorable. Uh, there's Snorlax. Everybody loves Snorlax. Uh, there's no, it's it's fluff, and and it's evidenced by the fact that there are the uh, the cutaway segments that they would use in the anime series. That would be you know like one or two different Pokemon marching across the screen and having you know some them them saying their name and weird music. But these go on like way too long in Pikachu's Vacation, like eight. 10, 15 seconds of this, where you're just like, okay. Okay. <laughs> you don't uh, like looking at a Pokemon just walking, saying its own name? Yeah, well, no, it's, it's, it's adorable. There's just so much of it because there's so little to Pikachu's vacation that they had to pad it out. And uh, so, like, this, because the, the, the theatrical feature is only 75 minutes. It is, yeah. Yeah. Right? Mercilessly. So, yeah. So this 22 minutes brings it to a, you know, not quite a hundred minute running time, which is fairly standard for an American feature film. Yeah. Uh, but th- they really had to work to stretch out this material to 20 minutes. It's the closest thing in Pokemon the movie to the behavior you see in Dragon Ball Z. That I just absolutely <laughs> loathe, where it drags out its content uh, to such a degree that nothing seems to happen for eighty percent of what you're watching. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but it, it, it's the length of an episode of Pokemon. Like it, it, it's a full length episode of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. That that that's all that happens in. <laughs> Oh, man, sounds like I dodged a bullet. Yeah, you sure did. I, I also put it off until the last minute. Yeah. Like, it, it, was, was one... it was the last thing you said to me, like, you're ready to go as soon as you're done watching it. And in my mind, I was like, I could tell him not to bother. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Should we discuss the plot of Pokemon, the first movie Let's Mewtwo Strikes Back? Let's talk about Pokemon, the first movie Mewtwo Strikes Back. Let's do it. So, Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Yes. They should have chose one of those titles. Any one of them. There were three in there. Yeah. Our story begins with Mewtwo awakening in a tank, surrounded by men and women in lab coats. 
The scientists observe that Mewtwo's brain activity is increased, and the Pokemon psychically shatters the tank. Now, the, the seeming head of the scientist is determined by his more absurd hairstyle. Yep. Explains for the benefit of the Pokemon and the audience that they've been working for years to clone a Pokemon, and that Mewtwo is the only successful result. Which will mean a likely excruciating existence for the creature, as it will continue to be experimented on for the remainder of its days. Yeah, I will say, though... Like, you know, boo-hoo and all that for Mewtwo. He goes from zero to a hundred on the existential crisis scale within a split second. Yeah, he wastes absolutely no time in uh, the who am I, why am I here thing. Yeah, it's almost like they were rushing this. You get that sense a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Deciding that this is not appealing as life paths go, Mewtwo destroys the lab in this big explosion-y thing while the scientists react in heart. And uh, as Mewtwo basks in the glory of his great power in this sort of crater he's created out of the laboratory, a helicopter lands on the still-burning island, which is questionable. Like, who is that pilot? Who's that asshole who says, yeah, all right, boss? He don't give a fuck. Jesus Christ. He was cloned <laughs> from the rarest helicopter pilot. Giovanni, who we don't really know who this is, if we don't know Pokemon, I wouldn't have known who this was. Yeah, I don't have a clue yeah. who this fucking guy is. Yeah, if you get it, he's if you if you know your Pokemon, he's the head of Team Rocket. Okay. Boo, ho, boo, bad man. He approaches Mewtwo with an offer to teach him how to focus his powers and become invincible. And so, agreeing to this, Mewtwo's fitted with an armored suit and yep. sent into an arena to telekinetically beat up an Onix. And then he uses his abilities to help Team Rocket capture a head of her wild Tauros and beats up such Pokemans as Alakazam and Magneton and Nidoking and Arcanine. But this doesn't resolve the question of why he exists. Why am I here? He's getting more powerful. He is. Getting and more powerful. That's important because of what I'm going to bring up in a second. So Mewtwo's pondering this in its best Orson Welles voice. And Giovanni answers by calling the Pokemon his property. Which... Yeah. Mewtwo reacts about as well to this as he did to being a lab rat. Yeah, and, and this, this is where I've got a question, the, the business sense of Giovanni. Mm -hmm. Because he offered a partnership, obviously not meaning it, but offered this partnership with Mewtwo when he first met him and his powers were, were uncontrollable and all this stuff. Right. He then armors him up, trains him, gets him more powerful than ever, and then decides to tell him, Fuck you, you're my property, you do what I say. I'd have done it the other way around. Made him, made him, uh, made him less powerful? Well, and... I'd have, I'd have, you know, like, made friends with him when he was so powerful he could just leave my house at any fucking time. Which is what he did. It's exactly what he does. He just leaves in an explosion. Yeah, he just blasts off like a rocket. Yeah, which, incidentally, if you'd been watching the anime up to that point, you see that. Oh, really? There is, um, yeah, that, that the, uh, the movie was teased in several episodes of the anime, and there were several crossover points. And there is one point when Ash and the gang, I believe, I'm, I'm running off pure memory from, like, you know, more than a decade ago. Ash and the gang are walking th uh, through a place on their next adventure, then there's this explosion in the background and they all look up and you see that shot of Mewtwo flying in the air with the bits of the armour falling off. Mm. So it was... 
I mean, as, as far as narrative effort goes, that's the only example in the movie. But it's there. Well, that's something. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but Giovanni did a stupid. He did. He you did. don't you don't make someone more powerful when and they could already blow up an them. island. Yeah. And and not even just betray them, but just tell him outright, I'm here to betray you. Which is more or less what he did. Just ha ha ha, I am Giovanni. I am betraying you now. That's the whole purpose of my being. <laughs> Pretty much. To be betrayal. Like it, it makes more sense to just keep you sweet, but I am Giovanni. And then I've just got to be evil in this scene. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Mewtwo escapes from the facility, resolving to find his purpose and destroy all who oppose him. Yes. Sometime later, Ash, Brock, and Misty are taking a break from their adventures to have a picnic at the folding table and umbrella that they're apparently carrying with them everywhere. <laughs> while another Pokemon trainer approaches them, seeking out Ash for a Pokemon battle. The now this two... would be this would be the character of Ash Ketchum, right? I I believe so. Right. I'm I just, believe I'm... this is Ash Ketchum. Uh, right. Okay. I just I I want to make sure we're talking about the right Ash. Yeah. That last name. That last name Ketchum. You don't yeah. think that that is in some way a reference to what he does, do you? No. No. no? I, I don't. I don't believe in coincidence. Okay. So no. No. All right. All right. So it goes. I think it's a reference to ketchup because his hat's red. Mmm. Now that makes sense. Yeah, that that's good. That's, that's good. Hey, great work, the Pokemon Company. The two battle as the Pokemon theme plays. Yeah, a, a, a special version of a it. A really which good is, version oh, of it, too. Pokemon! Gotta do it now! I never got the line in that song that says, In a world we must defend. Uh, defend from what? Po what are they defending the world from? Ash. Ash has no aspirations of herodom. Now, he may incidentally do some heroic things at some points, like, you know, as this movie demonstrates. He wants to be a champion. But yeah, like, he's in it for pure, like, financial and narcissistic gain. He wants to be the best guy at telling an electrocuted mouse what to do. <laughs> it's what true. it comes down to. Yeah, I am the best at telling animals what to do. I've got some badges. Ash calls out Bulbasaur. His opponent yep. summons Donphan for some reason. Which, by the way, I didn't know what Pokemon this was. And I will tell you why I didn't know what Pokemon this was. This Pokemon is not in the original 151. Yes, this was. This movie came out about the time. It's the same with uh, Togepi. Uh, came out about the time they were starting to introduce the gold and silver ones into the show. Right. So now, yeah, we'd already seen Togepi in the show. Yeah. Prior to this, but uh, I mean, in, and and by the time this was released in where the United States, where like, did that fucking thing go halfway through this film? Uh, Togepi. Oh, yeah. He still hangs around. He didn't do anything. I think I totally forgot. Normally, because every time it's on camera, it's going Togepi. And I just want to fucking drill it in the eyeball. Now, what I don't recall seeing at any point are two Togepi's going at each other. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to have to go back and look for that. That's something that's, you know, I'm never going back to look for that. No, no, it's no, no. No one cares. It don't matter. Someone else, someone who's <laughs> listening to this will go back and check that. You go me. watch them hitting each other going, pretty, pretty. And if you are that person who goes out and checks that for us. Wow, dude. I hate you. Wow. In round two, yes. Squirtle comes out and beats the stranger's Machamp. 
Squared off. And then the stranger calls out Gollum, Venomoth, and Pinsir all at once, which should probably be against some rule somewhere. Like, that doesn't yeah. sound right. Yeah, I mean, he, he's committed a crime. But Pikachu wipes them all out with a storm of lightning. And yeah, that wouldn't makes, happen. Wouldn't makes, happen. Makes e- equally little sense, considering Golem's a ground Pokemon. Yeah. And he wouldn't take any damage from, from Thunderstorm. I think Ash is using a ROM hack. <laughs> I think if we start thinking about these things now, like, too deeply... We will have developed an aneurysm before we're done here. <laughs> yes. I think I think halfway through this s- plot summary, it's just going to devolve into us going, <laughs> Nearby, the Team Rocket trio, Jesse, James, and Meowth, are spying on our heroes. So good. Contemplating how to seal Pokemon and food from them. But they're not the only ones checking out Ash. As no. a shadowy figure on a throne is viewing footage of them, shot from overhead with a camera on the neck of a Furo. Now, a woman asks if these people are to be invited also, suggesting some event is afoot, and then responds as if having been given an affirmation, though we don't hear one. A Dragonite is dispatched, delivering an invitation to Ash from the world's greatest Pokemon trainer to battle with him and other trainers at his palace on New Island. Which Uh, Ash and the gang swallow immediately hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, th- no they, questions asked. Ash they, responds to every Pokemon battle challenge this way, as I'm I'm led to understand just by this scene, because this is you know this is pretty fucking remarkable, right? Like yeah. Dragonite's supposed to be a super rare Pokemon, and it just shows up with this note. What? Yeah. But but like, if I got a letter today that was like you know. I'm the best at doing podcasts about movies based on video games. Do you want to come to my house? I'd go, no. <laughs> How did you know I was here? That's creepy. Well, I mean, these days it ain't that hard. Yeah, it's not out. that hard. But, but back yeah. in 1999, when we all this have was cell in... phones and GPS. That, yeah, if that... this was in 1999, I'd have been pretty freaked out. Do all the Pokédexes dragon... have GPS? Maybe. Now, that's something worth considering. Maybe it was. Maybe all Pokemon trainers are actually criminals, and that's just a form of electronic tagging. <laughs> and their community service is to just like clear up the the trash because those they're just trash animals that hang. Well, around. yeah, they 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 they, they get them as, when they're kids, and they find them. You know, they've they've wound up in this sort of criminal uh, animal fighting ring, and they're like, well, "Look, we can't stop you from doing this shit. So here, just just take this thing and we'll, uh, get them all. Just go go get them just all. Get them all. I'm sick of them. <laughs> I I can't walk in any grass. Do you know how difficult that makes my life? I'm a gardener. <laughs> ah, the aneurysm. <laughs> yeah. Right, so anyway, Ash decides that this anonymous letter is definitely from the world's greatest Pokemon master. Right, so, well, I mean, the Dragonite, that's pretty good evidence, in fairness. Yeah, anyone can have one. I had a Dragonite. My wife saw, you know, when the Dragonite saw the, when the Dragonite came out, she's like, oh, this is my favorite part! Because, you know, she was a child-ish. She was... Young enough to have appreciated. She was a childish. She was a childish. She was 14 when Pokemon the movie came out. Yeah. So she was right there at the point at which I'm like, it is unacceptable for you to like this at that age. But, but she was into it and, and Dragonite's her favorite. So she's like, this is the problem with this movie. This is the problem she has with it. Is that 
you get Dragonite in the first 15 minutes and then never again. Yeah, you never see him again. Never again. And Was that he is a clone? I mean, I you, ha- you have to assume because all of the Pokemon under Mewtwo's control are clones. He didn't leave with him at the end. No, he didn't. Weird. Uh, hmm. He just... Maybe he just hung around on that island waiting for the inevitable premature <laughs> aging that comes with being a clone sets in. <laughs> just skeletal and, and, and emaciated. Just going, Dragonite. Uh, an older anyway. normal Dragonite shows up and... <laughs> You know, explain. You know, and 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 it explains that this was all, you know, a uh, a very complicated political play. Yeah, but, yeah. There's one that comes in with an open jacket, going, "You and I are just inferior copies <laughs> of the old man." <laughs> oh God. So a fairy's going to yes. be leaving from Old Shore Wharf later that afternoon to take them there, and Ash sends back his reply of yes, and, and Brock's all for it because the girl in the invitation video is cute. He's a horn dog. That's, he really? That's the, just... Whew. You've got to know this about Brock. He's got a fat, sweaty hog, and he wants to put it in you. <laughs> <laughs> the Dragonite... Is there, a, is there a pig Pokemon that we could have... <laughs> I don't, I don't I think, think there is, but is I can't there? remember. Yeah. The dragonite porky fucking prick. The dragonite takes off, yeah, runs into the Team Rocket trio, who discovers the invitation, but not knowledge of what the invitation is to. So back in the shadowy palace room, the person on the throne is revealed to be Mewtwo. Fuck! I know. Who saw that coming? As you see his three... Digits. Those weird little balls he tumors, has for... Hand tumors, basically. <laughs> His hand tumors begin moving in a circular motion to, uh, that causes the, the winds surrounding the island fortress that he has to uh, kick up into a storm. Uh, this, is, this is New Island, uh, probably the most original name that you could have for an island not previously introduced into the Pokemon canon. It's functional. It certainly it does the Which job. Which island? New Island. Oh, the new one. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's inherent in the name. And nobody questions it. No. That's just what it's called. We have never found an island past this point. Maybe when we do, that will be New Island, and we'll have to come up with another name for That'll this That'll be one. New New Island. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Arriving at Old Shore Wharf where many other Pokemon trainers have gathered to take the ferry. All of them gullible bastards. The storm has started to become serious, and the ferry has been cancelled due to fears that this is the return of a storm the Harbor Master calls the Winds of Water. Yeah, yeah, she starts banging on about a prophecy, and no one arrests her. Well, it's a legend. It's not a prophecy. She comes out, she uses the word prophecy. No, she just, she feared that it would return. She comes out and goes, it is a prophecy of the water. Legend says this storm wiped out all but a few Pokemon, who then revived all lost in the storm with their tears. But there are no tears, only water. Yeah, I don't know what she meant by that, because people still cry. Apparently... Apparently, if you have an ancient mystical legend, you have to be a Romany. Yes, yes, I guess it was, it was pretty. This this movie is pretty racist. It's a little bit racist, a little racist. Uh, some of the 
trainers suggest that they'll simply use their water Pokemon to travel there. But off yeah, the warns. Hmm? I'll tell you what I'd have done. At that point, I'd have gone, I'm, I, don't, I, I don't want to risk dying in the ocean due to an anonymous invitation right? by someone who's just claiming to be better than me. But you've got to be the very best, and this guy says he is. Like, it's in the song. That's true. I, I didn't listen. I didn't. Yeah, I forgot the lyrics of the song. <laughs> like you know, it was all laid out find... in the Pokemon battle ten min- or five minutes ago. Yeah, I'm gonna go. There. I'm gonna go down to the reservoir later and just 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 drown my head in it, <laughs> just to prove that I'm the very best. Drowning is the way you prove you're the very best. Officer Penny warns these adventure seekers. It's it's sorry. It's Officer Jenny. Jenny, sorry. Sorry, I sorry. I, 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 I would not You know what? It. Here's the thing. They don't say that until the very end of the fucking movie. That's true. So I was going off memory when I wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Jenny. Fine. Jenny warns that they won't be able to heal their Pokemon if they become injured in the attempt. As the local Pokemon Center has been closed since the disappearance of the nurse in charge three months prior. Something which is expressed as so ho-hum. Yeah, yeah, it, it really... It, like, it, by the a, way, if you happen to see her, let me know. There's a poster over there. It's a classic case of, of anime exposition. Of just, oh, anyway, this happened, so let's talk about this now. <laughs> Brock makes an observation from the missing persons poster that this nurse also has a cute face. Yeah, she could be dead at this point. But he doesn't care because he's got a fat, sweaty hog and he wants to put it in you. Um, he'd still, I, he'd still I, go I mean, there. I can only imagine him like looking at pictures of Jean Benet Ramsey and just going, "Oh yeah, <laughs> sex." Several trainers head off for the island anyway, and Ashbrock and Misty want to go, but they determine that their Pokemon just aren't strong enough to make the journey. This is actually a really level-headed decision on their part. Yeah, yeah, That's, it's it's pretty smart, and then immediately undermined by their own gullibility. Two yep. Vikings, who are totally not Jesse and James, arrive on a longboat and offer to take them to the island. Yeah, which prompts the standout exchange for me in this film. Which is? Which is, oh, I didn't even know Vikings were still around. To which Cash, uh, Ash Ketchum replies with, yeah, I think they're in Minnesota. Thank you, English localization. Yeah, I... It threw me for a loop. I, d- I didn't remember it from when I first watched it, but but I'm fairly certain this takes place in a realm where, like, there are no cities as we remember them. Like, this is a whole fantasy land. But, but apparently there's but a Minnesota. Minnesota exists. <laughs> like, Every... I just... I, it, it, it so confused me. It could, it could just be that every possible universe has a Minnesota. It's and it's the it's the like, same Minnesota. Like, <laughs> that's the one unifying trait of the multiverse. No matter where you go, there's a Minnesota, and it's cold and boring as fuck. But when you when you stand in Minnesota, you are currently standing in all existence. It's like the nexus of all reality is Minnesota. Yeah. So no matter where you go, there's a Minnesota Vikings. It's it's a, it's Planescape torment. <laughs> But yeah, Vikings are from Minnesota. That's Vikings what are from Minnesota. Pokemon taught me. Uh, I I uh, I liked the uh, the Farfignugan reference. I thought, yeah, that doesn't date this movie at all. Yeah, let alone that it came out here like a couple of years, I think, after the 
Farfig Nugent campaign had kind of like came and went. Yeah. So they were a bit late on that, and I bet I would not be surprised if a lot of people listening to this have no fucking idea what Farfig Nugent means. Right. Yeah. I I didn't at the time. I don't even think I do now. Farfig Nugent was a Volkswagen ad campaign in the United States. It was a nonsense word. Right. I, I'm pretty sure it's a nonsense word. I'm pretty sure it's not a real word. I, otherwise, you've just been racist. That could very well be. But if it's not a real word, or if it is a real word, I don't think anyone in the United States thought it was. Yeah. Well, you know what they it's say. It's portrayed as a, a catchphrasey, not real thing. Yeah. Farfig Nugan. Farfig Nugan. Um, also, at one point, Jesse says, stroke, stroke, I think I'm going to have one. There's a lot of... Really, really small... Like, there's dad jokes in here. Yeah. There's a lot of dad jokes in this movie. And and that's in keeping with the series to a certain extent. But I, I feel like to to no small degree, they're like, we're going to have to do something for all of these poor fucking parents. Yeah, yeah. That are going to be... It's just some anything that they're going to be able to cling on to and say, okay, I can identify with at least this much. Because the rest of it, I could, I could see, is just being like, like just, just you just stare at the bright colors the way the kids do and shut your brain off. Yeah. Anything else, and you risk serious mental and physical harm. So anyway, uh, it does not go well on the longboat, and it's capsized. Though not before Jesse and James can be revealed to Ash and Brock and Misty and deliver their catchphrase. Yeah, well, they never did the full thing. No, no. Because okay. there's a whole poem. It's, I you know, don't know the whole thing. Prepare for trouble, make it double. I don't remember mo- most of it. See, that's the thing. You just said the part I remember. Yeah, that's the bit just, everyone remembers. But there was and the that's whole the part thing. they do. And they, they used to do it every episode, the full thing. And it was always awesome. And I remember watching this in the movie theater and thinking, is that all I get? And, well, because they they say just that bit, and then it's all oh, no time for mottos now, and I'm like, no, make time, and that, and that, make uh, time, and it's not the first time they do it. They do it again later. They give you another. They 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 put they the hope. It. They put the glimmer of hope of a a uh, team rocket uh, catchphrase, and snatch it away from you before, almost before you I have mean, time to even think about the possibility. As far as I'm concerned, that's like doing a home improvement movie. In which uh, is never said. Like just just a criminal disrespect of the uh, franchise. It's it, it's complete garbage. It's hot water trash that it's not in there. I, I hate it. I, I'm so angry at this. I have to wonder if they just sort of thought... It, I, wonder, I have to wonder if they thought it would be more entertaining and, and appreciated by the audience that it isn't said in its entirety... Because then, you know, true fans of the anime know it. And they know it's supposed to be there. And they're like, oh, they got interrupted. That's great. But I know what they would have said. I wanted it. They were struggling to meet their minimum running time as it is. They, they, could, have, they could have easily squeezed out another yeah, they, eight, nine seconds. Yeah. A yeah. little less Pokemon walking saying their own name for 15 seconds. I'd, Which... have, had, I'd have listened to their poem. Five times in that film. In, in in fairness, that doesn't actually happen in the in the the main feature. No, the, but the marching. But you're, you're right. But there's, but there's would, still the, quite the a bit of padding in here. The the support feature exists because that's true. Because they they didn't put enough into the, the because Team Rocket didn't do their one fucking job. 
for God's <sighs> sake, Conrad. Misty calls out Staryu in the water. Never liked Staryu. No. First of all, it's a boring Pokemon. It's, this it is... looks like a plastic Christmas tree decoration. Second of all, in the anime, it's always going, Hiyah! Like this... some weird echoey dude going, Hiyah! I'm like, no. That's horrible. My wife, always, my wife was telling me about this as we were watching. She's like, I always wanted to be Misty. Like, she really, really identified with Misty in a big way. Except she hated Misty's Pokemon. She's like, I want to be this person, but why does she have all the crappiest Pokemon yeah. in her in her ranks? And yeah, that is unfortunate. It's kind of a bummer. But useful here as she uh, sort of rescues the rest of the gang and they eventually make it to the island. And at a dock, they meet the emotionless woman from the invitation, uh, which they present to her. And Brock now recognizes her as the missing nurse from Old Shore Wharf. Which she denies, claiming she's always lived on the island in this and working in the service of her master. Yeah. At which point I'd have just said, How old's this island again? Oh, it's brand new. Brand new. Always been here, have you? Logic bomb. Would Boom. Have, would have blown her mind. But they could they just head onward into the palace anyway. And yeah, uh, yeah. Jesse, James, and Meowth surface, thanks to Weezing. Yeah. We're halfway through the story already, by the way. Folks. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's, it's, it's a almost wrapped pace. up. Yeah. <laughs> Ash? Yeah, I notice we get one tiny shot of Weezing. No Arbok. None. In the entire film. No. The closest you get is one still image of an Ekans an Ekon at the, um, the ferry yard, which, considering only a few survivors make it to the island, we can only assume drowned and died. Well, you, you've, you may have been strung up by your own petard here, my friend. Because if you wanted to see an Arbok, there was one in Pikachu's vacation. Oh, shit. Yeah. Shit! Say your damn poem, Team Rocket! <laughs> so angry today. Uh, Ashbrock and Misty meet the other trainers who answered the call, of which there are only three. Yeah, because the other children and their cute pets died. They all drowned. Yep. That's it. Actually, I think they're the only ones that are shown leaving for it either. Everybody else stayed behind. I think, they are, I think literally everyone who made the attempt to cross this massive storm succeeded. It's not the way I choose to remember it. It's not the way I think you two thought about it either. <laughs> like, what? that's a pretty sad storm. Like, you'd expect some losses. That's but true, one. yeah. But unfortunately... Even Team Rocket survived it. Yeah, and they're incompetent. They are, they're failures. Uh, so... They're lounging with their Pokemon in this hall. And Why soon... is Team Rocket in this movie? <laughs> I'm sorry, it just... They don't do anything. For Meowth. They're there for Meowth. <laughs> They're there so Meowth can be there. Oh, yeah, actually, they deliver the, the moral, don't well, they? Well, everyone delivers the moral. Well, that's true. <laughs> everyone delivers the moral at least once in this. Sorry, we're getting ahead of we ourselves. We are getting I ahead apologize. of ourselves. I'm, I'm throwing you off track. <clears throat> so, uh... Soon the master of the island reveals himself to the trainers as a Pokemon, Mewtwo, which they've never seen before. And one of the trainers objects to this idea that a Pokemon can be the world's greatest Pokemon trainer. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a a little bit of a shitty thing to do. Yeah, a touch. A touch. Because you know it's, it's He's sentient. Let him have it. Yeah. Right? But no, 
No, doesn't agree with that. And then Mewtwo's like, F you, and flings him off like a ragdoll. Honestly, deserved it. Yeah, he did, he did. But the trainer Bigger. in response sends Gyarados to attack Mewtwo with Hyper Beam. But it's just like, blocked and countered, just shrugs it off. Oh, yeah, he curb stomps them. He makes them all look like chumps. Yeah, Mewtwo is a badass, apparently. And so Mewtwo releases his psychic hold on the nurse, uh, explaining that she was necessary to, for his plan thanks to her knowledge of Pokemon physiology. But uh, he's now wiped her mind of the last few weeks, so she has no idea what happened. And even though he does that, he tells her what happened. Right, right, right. He wipes her mind. Then tells her what happened. Then tells her what he did. So, so she has the knowledge of, well, a vague knowledge of what she's been doing for the last three weeks, but no memory of it whatsoever. That's got to be weird. Like, that's, that could break a person. Yeah, yeah, to be honest, and I'll, I'll, I'll mention this at the end, but, but yeah, Mewtwo crosses way over the line, like, morally. Uh, well, you know, I think you and I are going to have an argument about this. So okay. we'll, we'll get there. We'll I get don't there. think you'll be able to, to put down what I'm going to put all on right, the table. All right, all right, all right, we'll see. We will see. So, meanwhile, Team Rocket, followed by a mischievous Mew, have snuck into so the palace. mischievous through the sewage system, and they discover a room with Pokemon stored in some form of vast machine. And Jessie activates a console with her butt, which brings the system to life. She activates my console with her butt. Bam! I'm in love with her. You can have her sit on your button anytime? I'm, 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 I'm in love with her. I want to give her a promise ring. As a voice describes <laughs> the machine as a Pokemon replication system, it grabs Meowth, and attempts to put him inside, and they struggle and pull him out, and the only thing it's able to get is a bit of his hair. But that's yep. seemingly enough for the thing to do its job of DNA sampling, and a Meowth clone is created. The system then goes on to play a recording made by the scientists who'd created it. <laughs> why? We don't know. We don't know why. Explaining how their efforts to create a super clone based on Mew ended in the destruction of their laboratory. And as this ends, eagle-eared viewers may notice that he says the same thing. This is, this is the scientist, uh, I think his name is Dr. Fuji. Uh, this is the scientist from the lab that Mewtwo blows up, and he says exactly the same thing that he says at the end of that sequence. It was our goal to create the world's strongest Pokemon, and we succeeded. Suggesting that this entire monologue explaining the goals, purpose, and results of this experiment was narrated in the moment while the lab is being destroyed. And you can actually yeah, hear yeah. in the background lab destruction. So this was his, his apocalyptic log, you know. I don't want to harp on this too much. No. But, but <laughs> the monologue takes 45 seconds. Yeah. The destruction of the lab took 33 and that's before you consider that there's a lot of, like, video edited into this thing. Somebody did editing to this. Yeah, like, he was there with, like, you know, Sony Vegas, like, <laughs> cutting stuff in. <laughs> How? And he had to wait for the video to render. I mean, and then upload? Yeah, like, uh, just... If that... And, like, I know, Conrad... Maybe help me out here. I'm no mathematician, but I feel like there's some time unaccounted for. 
I feel, There's some discrepancy between this log and what actually happened. I feel like it is impossible for this log to have been recorded, judging based on what we were shown to yeah. have happened. Yeah. Can I offer a theory? Please. The Dr. Fuji talking on the recording is a clone. Is <laughs> <laughs> a clone that Mewtwo created for the purposes of fixing the machine. Yes, and for some reason... He recorded that. I. That's as far as my theory goes. You know what? I think that spackles this plot hole. I think that covers it'll it. Do. It'll do. <laughs> it'll do. So, uh, uh, Mewtwo pontificates on the master-servant relationship between humans and Pokemon and reveals his plan to destroy the world of man with his storm. And of Pokemon. And when Pikachu rejects this notion... By suggesting that Ash is his friend and not uh, his owner. It's that Ash Ketchum. That is Ash Ketchum. Okay, yes. okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, you didn't want to confuse your ashes. Yeah, okay. Mewtwo attacks him and says Pokemon and humans can never be friends. After more of the trainer's Pokemon attempt and fail to harm Mewtwo, Ash delivers a formal challenge to the Pokemon to a real Pokemon match. Yeah. In response, Mewtwo summons forth the clones from the lab, introducing super-cloned versions of Charizard, Blastoid, and Venusaur, and the wall behind him opens up to reveal an outdoor Pokemon stadium. Which, super practical, Mewtwo. Ash's Charizard embarrasses itself... He spent all his time working on that stadium. Yeah. You know what I'd have done? Learn how to fight with Pokemon? No, I'd have built a nuke. Oh, okay. Because a storm's gonna do a terrible job. Everyone's got boats and water Pokemon. And then Ash's Charizard uh, utterly embarrasses itself and Ash, for that matter, by prematurely shooting off its fire at, po uh, er, at Mewtwo. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Right? A Ash's Charizard is a twat. It's poorly trained. Yeah. Yeah. That reflects really badly on Ash. Yeah, and for some reason, um, Mewtwo judges Ash on that. Yeah. Despite talking about how Pokemon shouldn't be trained and all this shit. He's like, you didn't even train that one, you wait, dick. Wait, you mean to tell me that Mewtwo is operating with some contradictory logic here? I'm saying he's a goddamn hypocrite. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it's time for the greatest Pokemon trainer in the world to show his stuff. In the stadium, one of the trainers sends forth his Venusaur, and Mewtwo sends his Venusaur in response clearly demonstrating his mastery of Pokemon battles and training. Because that's what you'd do in that situation. You wouldn't, you know, I don't know, send out your Charizard to, to, to fight the Venusaur? Yeah. Right? The, the, It'll make sense. The, the, uh, there seems to be this unwritten rule in place that Pokemon can only fight their own clones. Well, it's it's like Mewtwo is obsessed with... I guess this points to Mewtwo's obsession with demonstrating that he is superior. You know, that the clone race is superior to the original one. And and so that's how he's going to demonstrate it, by having the, the, the more powerful Pokemon he's created in the lab be able to beat the shit out of the very same type despite having the resistances. Yeah. Maybe that's it? It still Maybe, seems but, really but fucking dumb. That's his. That's his rule. Right. Ash didn't have to agree to it. No. They could have just said, "Right, 
the Venusaurs out, bring out the Charizard. But well, the Char- yeah, it's just Imagine yeah. these are people that risk drowning to accept an invitation to a guy they don't know. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. You can't really expect a lot of brilliance here. I hate them so much. So yeah, this happens with Blastoise and Charizard matchups to follow. and They uh, get pounded. Claiming victory, Mewtwo summons hundreds of Pokeballs to capture all of the trainer's Pokemon as his reward. And he'll use... Thinking this is Pogs. That's not how it works. You don't keep the Pokemon you... He's a shit Pokemon trainer. Yeah, yeah. And... Theft. All of the Pokemon are captured in the uh, Pokeballs, ending with Pikachu, who eventually uh, fails to escape after a desperate climb up a spiral staircase. Uh, Ash follows the Pokeball containing Pikachu into the collection chute, where he finds Team Rocket in the uh, but disregards them as he drags Pikachu from the yeah. cloning chain machine. And so he says, no time point- for your motto. No time for your motto, and P- Pikachu's um, sh- outline is thrown up on a computer screen, and Team Rocket go, who's that Pokemon? It's Pikachu, Actually, which is a reference to the anime show. They do it earlier with the Meowth They do first. do it as well. They do the different, there's a second phrase uh, that was used in the, the segues in commercials, I think, also, and they say right. that one for Pikachu. Um, gotcha. Um, they also, at one point, when they're looking at the outlines of the Pokemon going through, they see Scyther's outline and call him an Alakazam. Oh, did they? I didn't know Yeah. This. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Wow. They do not know their Pokemans. Yeah. I was disappointed at this point in the film, though, because when Ash is in the cloning machine with Pikachu, and the robot arms that are in there are grabbing up on both of them, am I the only one that hoped we'd get a fly situation? <laughs> That we'd get, like, a Ketchum Chew coming out. Like, just just this man-sized... Like, looking like the, the, the weird Smash Brothers character model people make when they make Pika Man. Like, this elongated bipedal just... I'm Pikachu! I got long legs, strong like a man. It's all... Has this weird, like, limp, deformed tail. Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't be! <laughs> that is... That is pretty disappointing. I You know... Um, something I kind of breezed past, that scene with Pikachu going up the staircase, that is, they do such a great job with Pikachu in general. Yeah. As a character. Because it's the only Pokemon they care about. So. Right, right. But they, they care about him so much that Pikachu can carry so much of Pokemon as a result. Yeah, yeah. Right. He is so expressive and emotive, all you always know exactly what he's feeling, and mm-hmm. you can't help to a certain extent feel it too. There is something about the design and animation of that little yellow rat that is so compelling. Mm-hmm. I oh my god, I get I like I feel a little like swell every time I watch that scene of him going up the staircase. I don't even really like so Pokemon. Do, so do I. <laughs> But it's... Yeah. That's what my penis. <laughs> <sighs> Just the image of Pikachu running from a flurry of, of a, desperate, a, hungry balls. And the... Choo! So all of the cloned Pokemon 
then exit the machine and leave <laughs> before it explodes, Go releasing all the original Pokemon as well. Back in the stadium, Mewtwo and his core clone team are facing down the rest of the trainers. Um, yes. Who Mewtwo has decided to let live as well, or at least until the storm kills them along with the remainder of humanity. Seems pointless. Suddenly, Ash arrives with the rest of the original Pokemon to challenge him with an ineffectual series of punches. Mewtwo flings him towards the stadium stands, but Mew appears and intervenes at the last second, catching Ash on a bubble. Yep. Ketchum has been catched. hey There's an irony. Now he knows how it feels. Finally confronted with the Pokemon from whence he came, Mewtwo challenges Mew to a fight to determine which of them is superior. A fight which Mewtwo later decides to extend to the clones and original Pokemon. Yeah, and at this point, a song happens. Brother, brother my brother, brother. tell me fighting? what are we fight for? My brother! I was wandering around the house this morning, just... Brother! My brother! Oh, yeah! It is, it is so out of... It's, it's so dissonant to the events on screen. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's pretty amazing, actually. It's, it's very it's it's it, It's a highlight in this film, honestly. Yeah. Not, maybe not in the way intended, but... The only part of it, of this whole fight sequence that tops it, is that image of one Pikachu just, just slapping the other one in the face while it refuses to fight. Oh, that comes up after the song. I know it does. Yeah. It's amazing. It gets me off. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Also, it's way funnier if you, because they look identical. If you imagine that the original Pokemon is the one slapping the clone about. Um, now... Mew has appealed to Mewtwo's arrogance uh, prior to this fight starting by suggesting that it's not the special powers that you have, but it's, it's your heart that makes a great Pokemon. Uh, so yeah. Mewtwo blocks the special powers of the clones with his you know, psychic abilities for a more even fight because he's convinced he'll still win anyway. Uh, now, amid the conflict, Nurse Joy reflects that Pokemon aren't meant to fight. <laughs> the... Ultimate, the, the wildest hypocrisy. Adding, of this film. adding, not like this. Not like this. Because fighting is seemingly exactly what Pokemon are meant to do, judging by the entire world's focus on Pokemon battles. Yep. Brock, totally selfless, uh, uh, unaware, asks, why can't Mewtwo understand it's not right to force Pokemon to battle this way? <laughs> Which I, I can only assume is a criticism of Mewtwo's strategy. Of using the same type of Pokemon <laughs> as the one he's fighting with. That's it. He was just critical of of his game plan because um, that's the only way. It's the only way this makes sense to me at all. Like, really, the message is Pokemon should only fight the way we humans tell them to. They shouldn't fight of their own accord like this. No one was being forced. This just they proves talk, Brock talks about Pokemon being forced to fight. As far as I can see, all those Pokemon were into it. The well, only thing missing is human interaction. Well, now, and it, but it, well, it's not. It's not just human interaction. It's Pokemon intervention. I would argue, because Mewtwo is controlling the clone Pokemon. He's having them attack. The others are really defending themselves, 
And it's only Pikachu we'll later see who actually refuses to do even that. I Again, I think it's it's better if you imagine it's the clone refusing and Pikachu's having none of it. He just wants this scientific abomination destroyed. <laughs> this just proves fighting is wrong, says Misty. <laughs> they, oh, it gets laid on thick from here on out. And even Team Rocket. Yeah. Become distraught over the conflict and promise never to fight again. We were prepared for trouble, but not like this. Make that double. <laughs> and then Meowth starts talking about racism. Meowth and his clone are both too self-interested to actually bother fighting each other. And, and this leads to Meowth having a realization <laughs> that the Pokemon and the clones have a lot in common. If we just stop focusing on what's different and instead focused on what we have in common, and at that point he should have just looked at the camera and said, and then Jonathan King wouldn't have happened. I mean, I agree entirely, because these identical Pokemon types should not be fighting each other. And if anybody had been paying attention to that, this movie could have been a lot shorter. Yeah. Charizard, <laughs> the Venusaur is right there. You mean moron. Meanwhile, Ash has been slowly making his way down from the stands and back into the arena as Pikachu is confronted with his clone. Now, Pikachu refuses to fight and is pummeled by the clone. The clone refuses to fight and is pummeled by Pikachu. (laughs) Who, he also seems reluctant in the act. It starts crying because he won't fight back. Ah, okay. All right. I feel feel like... I think think there's some wiggle room there. Well, I feel like it's confused and distressed, and in, and the refusal to fight is what brings out the conflict, and it's like, do something. At least that that was my understanding. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, there's there's been many philosophical... Oh, my I mean, gosh. It's like, a, it's like a Kubrick film. Books, books and books have been written about the uh, philosophical themes running throughout Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Yeah. Like, doctoral theses abound. Mm-hmm. It's a very psychosexual film. <laughs> Ash determines that yes. someone has to stand up and follow Pikachu's example. Yeah, he decides he's going to be the one to do that. Idiot. So, when Mewtwo and Mew stand off and charge up they, their Kamehamehas, Ash charges in between them and is struck by both of the attacks... Killing him and turning yeah. his body to stone. Can I just say, that was stupid. Can I just say, that's pretty fucking dark for a kid's movie. Yeah, yeah. Some props. That's a bold move. I mean, we know, we know that he's not going to stay dead. But the fact that they did it at all, I kind of have to give Brother. them some credit. My brother, tell me what are we fighting for? Sorry. A desperate Pikachu attempts to shock Ash back to life. I swear to God, this gets me misty-eyed. It's so (laughs) fucking stupid that this little yellow fucking... Oh my God. I'm angry at myself for letting myself be emotionally affected by this scene. Yeah. You're a puppet dancing on Pikachu's strings. But I have to admit... The shit works. And uh, he, he just tr- keeps trying to shock Ash to life over and over again before collapsing in grief and exhaustion. The display drives 
all of the Pokemon to tears. They, they are fucked up over it. As per the legend, helpfully described earlier in the film. Yeah, in that one sentence we all forgot about. Brings Ash back to life. Yeah, all their tears turn into magical glitter and just fixes him. Ash Pokemon is... tears can do that. They can bring him back from the dead. Kids. Well, so can Phoenix down. That's true. Gets, get, get you some. Ash's act inspires Mewtwo, who comes to the naive conclusion that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. Yeah. He's so, basically, this film writes off the concept of privilege. <laughs> he flies off with his cloned Pokemon in tow, <laughs> leaving the island to discover his destiny and wiping the memories of the trainers in their Pokemon. Yeah. Rendering this entire movie pointless. Ash- it's not plot relevant. Ash and crew find themselves back at Old Shore Wharf with no recollection as to how or why they're there. And everything is seemingly back the way it was before Mewtwo, uh, before they left for the island. Uh, the, the storm no. soon relents. And on the wharf, Ash looks out over the separating clouds to see Mewtwo flittering through them before setting off on new adventures with Brock and Misty. Oh, oh, Pikachu! Finally, Team Rocket Trio is also shown to have survived, though they remain on New Island, now Sans Palace for some reason, and they seem pretty happy about it for some reason. Yeah, they, they think they're on an island paradise. I think they're just going to starve to death there. Probably. They'll, they'll like, like, two days in, nothing to drink, dehydrated, they'll drink from the sea and they'll die. And that's Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. My brother! Yep. So, yeah, yeah, we'll do summary. And, well, no, we've done summary. We'll do our thoughts next. So, Conrad, did you like Pokemon the first movie Mewtwo Strikes Back or not? There are things that I cannot deny. That There is thing that I cannot deny that I like. <laughs> you like Pikachu. I like Pikachu. You like Pikachu. Pika. Yeah, th- th- yeah. it's... They, they do a great job with Pikachu. Uh, there is so much hypocrisy and contradiction. It, it's amazingly hypocritical as a film. Um, can I talk to you about, because we teased it during the summary. I want to talk to you about Mewtwo as yes. a villain. Yes, yes. And ultimately, I want to I talk about, well, because they talk about, oh, fighting's wrong and racism's bad and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. privilege doesn't exist. Uh, those are the three main messages of the film. Is that racism's wrong, fighting's bad, and privilege doesn't exist. Two out of Um, three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. But I think there's a fourth message. And it's based around the fact that Mewtwo is is one of the most heinous villains in a kid's film. And the message, I feel, is certainly contradicting the racism angle. Because here's the the way I see it, right? Mm -hmm. You've got Mewtwo. Okay? Conflicted, angry, what have you. Wants to kill everyone who he feels is inferior to him and right. his people, right? He think, he looks down on humans, looks down on other Pokemon, says they're all inferior, um, creates a race of Ubermonch, let's be honest. Yep. He, crea- he crafts an army of Ubermonch to, you know, f- be a master race while he inflicts genocide on everybody else. Hang on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you, are you trying to suggest what I think you're trying to suggest? Heil Mewtwo. <laughs> that, that's what I'm suggesting. 
And his So this is Pokemon the Third Reich, not the first movie. Yes, pretty much. And and I find it disturbing because at the end, you know, Mewtwo's like, oh, seeing Ash get covered in Pokemon tears or whatever has made me believe that I was wrong and now I'm going to go away with all of my clones and have a nice time and not not face not not answer to anything. He went the to kids, the bunker. The kids He's going to the bunker. Going to the bunker. The kids he definitely drowned, right? The island full of scientists he blew up. Yeah, Anyone now, in that team rocket facility? I really think the only people that I can say Mewtwo has for definite, for sure killed are the people in the lab. And that, well, that's not even counting the multiple instances of mind invasion oh, he yeah. does on people. Oh, yeah. Crosses huge moral lines. Um, playing God to begin with. Doing, doing the shit he was angry at Team Rocket for doing, creating a bunch of purposeless clones that are confused about their own existence, just to perpetuate the cycle. Anyway, the point of the movie, the message I, the ultimate message I took away was that Hitler should have been allowed to get away with it. Wow. That's the message this movie tells kids, is that Hitler, while what he did was wrong, was treated a bit harshly. Wow. Okay. He should have been allowed to fly into the sky with all of his, like, SS soldiers and go found a new colony somewhere and have a lovely time. That's what Pokemon the Third Reich has taught me. You know? I don't, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm saying it's, it's what that movie is about. It's about Hitler. I, I can absolutely see where you would draw that conclusion. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't entirely agree with it. I, I think, I, I think you, you're, you are onto something. Oh, like, my premise is flawless, friend. Right, right. But I would argue that the, the fundamental difference between Hitler and Mewtwo is that Mewtwo actually... Well, no, I, no, you know what? Yeah, I'm with you. Mewtwo is Hitler. The difference yeah. is, is that Mewtwo saves the world knowingly. And I will explain. Because one of the things that you could criticize this film for, and, and I'm sure many have, is that all of these characters learn all of these moral lessons about how, vi how violence is wrong and how we should judge people by their differences. And then Mewtwo erases everyone's memories of this revelation. <laughs> he does! <laughs> and in so doing, Mewtwo saves the world. Okay. Because, as we all know, industry... The entire global the economy... The entire global economy is wrapped up in Pokemon battles. And everything would have collapsed if if this if the word of this event were allowed to spread like legend. That's it. I mean, all it takes is for Ash to go back, go back to the mainland and start going, brother, my brother, and everyone would go, you're right. No, the next thing He's you know. He's right, my brother. The Let's next, not fight. The next thing you know, Ash Ketchum becomes the central figure in a new anti-Pokemon battling religion that sweeps the globe through evangelism. Mm -hmm. 
uh, rising to a Christ-like entity uh, whose message becomes eventually distorted as as people wind up uh, wind up thinking of other humans as lesser rather than the Pokemon. Uh, it, it's uh, uh huh. It it would have been a dark world. It so, is the ascension of the Pokemon. Mewtwo prevents this. Mewtwo saves the world. He takes his revelation. He takes what he's learned. He changes and grows as a person and will never commit a genocide again. He promises. He promises. But yet saves the world by eliminating memory of it. And now, I don't know if the world would be a better place if we didn't remember Hitler. But I'm willing to give it a shot. Can we just... No, I can't say that. I can't say that. I'm sorry. I can't Holocaust deny. I can't do it. Wow. I can't. I can't Holocaust deny. That would make you as bad as this movie. Yeah. If you did that. Yeah. Because no. I, I do fully believe that Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, denies the Holocaust. I think you're right. I think there there is a strong... <laughs> there is a strong Vox Day-esque message the, well, running well, through the narrative of well, the Pokemon the first movie. The difference is, I guess, fundamentally, is that the the global status of Pokemon is in pretty good shape, right? Things are going really well for them, as opposed to during World War II, when a lot of the world was in a lot of, you know, shit, and the world economically pulled them out of it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think World War II happened in the Pokemon universe? Yeah, and they made know. Pokemon fight for them. Oh my god. In like the Pacific campaigns. Can you imagine Little. the Nazi Pokemon breeding program? <laughs> oh god, that would be horrible. I'm imagining like the like the, the, the Pacific fights against the Japanese with um you know, they'd have Charizards instead of flamethrowers. Just burning. Oh no! Burning with hot slack. They'd have zoo. Uh, oh, they'd have zubats with bombs strapped to them, just yes. flying into shit, diving into yeah, into military bases. Oh That's man! That's fucked. Yeah. God, Pokemon World War Two was horrible. It was a dark, no dark this movie time. Tries to deny it happened. <laughs> <sighs> so that's Pokemon, the first movie. Mewtwo Strikes Back. I'm going to add another colon to that. Um, it, <laughs> Hitler, Hitler was all right. That's what I feel like. I, again, I don't agree with it. Yeah, no, it's it's wrong. I think it's morally repugnant what Pokemon the first movie Mewtwo Strikes Back is teaching in children. But it is it is absolutely astounding how dissonant the yeah. the, the profestation of violence is bad against yeah. the backdrop of what Pokemon is. It's cockfighting for kids. Yeah, and, and you know, it's not even, you know, we're not trying to be clever by pointing that out. No, everyone's made that Everyone's comparison. made that up. There was a... There but was, it's a very apt one. There is literally an expansion book for a anime-based role-playing system called Big Eyes, Small Mouth that is called Cockfighting Seizure Monsters. Okay? We're not, by all by no means, do we, who I think we are the first to make this known. No, no, but, Holy fuck, does this draw it into sharp relief. That's it, yeah. Like, the movie itself is so... And it's not just the fact that they have a generic violence is wrong message. It's that they lather the film in it. Like, Mm -hmm. it is... Every character has a turn emphasizing this message, which only reinforces further the hypocrisy of the whole thing. 
Yeah, it's um, this movie that that let's not forget glorifies Hitler. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Is telling us that racism and violence are wrong, and that, and then peppering it up with their privilege doesn't exist narrative. And then they're going to carry on doing, you know, this awful thing yes. that we we now as viewers should like everybody who watches Pokemon should have stopped, like right there. They're like, holy shit! This is this is this really is, macabre. This this is wrong. What am I? I'm I'm participating in in, in this in this horrible. I'm, thing. I'm committing a hate crime. Watching this film. That's what it is. And then, of course, Mewtwo's final act just hammers home that final that final message of the status quo is fine, don't change it. It is a dark, dark movie. Yeah. If, if, if you have a fully formed frontal lobe. Life is, life is violent. People are racist. Hitler should have gotten off lightly. Don't change the status quo. It doesn't matter. Everything will be reset to zero, no matter what changes you try and make in the world. No matter how much you grow as a person, it's all for nothing. And if you're a kid, you'll drown trying to get to an island. It is some fucking bleak, bleak shit, man. But, but we do have a great crack about Vikings in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, that worked out. That's a win. I don't know if I've got anything left to say about this. No, I think uh I think we've uh, I, I think we've really put Pokemon the first movie Mewtwo strikes back Hitler was okay uh, through its paces. We we have I think as fully examined this as anyone should. Yeah. Um except to go back and let us know if there are two Togepis that that fight each other at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I need during to the brother my brother sequence. Right. Yeah, if you want to go go back and check that you can and do can that. you tell us what are they fighting for? Yeah, yeah. And, and if you figure out what happens to Dragonite, yeah, let us know that. That'd be good. Yeah. What yeah. are we gonna and do next time, Jim? I wonder what we're gonna do next time. Well, this is one of our most requested ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like um, you know, rather than a movie that out of one corner of its mouth fucking abhors violence while profiting off it, we should do a movie that just revels in it. That, that tells us it's got one simple message. Fighting is always okay. We are, of course, going to be watching Mortal Kombat. Yeah. That's going to yeah. be a good time. Man Island. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Because this is... I, I actually saw this one in theaters. I, nice. Yeah, I remember this very clearly. Uh, that's going to be a fun movie to talk about, and, and 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 for once, maybe we won't walk away from it being like, "Fuck, what did we do?" Yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, fuck, fuck what, did what did we, we do? do? <laughs> well, that was that your episode of the spin-off doctors uh, this time. Uh, remember, uh, two weeks from now will be Mortal Kombat, so get it watched. Uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Um, I certainly did in, in 
after a fashion. Um, thank you to Conrad for being with me. Conrad, who you can follow on uh, Twitter, at Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, he, we also do a, an improvised comedy podcast together with our friend Paul Sincere, uh, Fist Shark Marketing, which you can see at fistshark.com. Um, you can also look at Conrad's videos on his YouTube channel, which you'll definitely start doing. Oh, yeah. Um, Conrad Zimmerman on YouTube. And otherwise, just thank you for the support as always, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.